Hi everyone, it is Molly at Jesus Without the Junk. How are you all doing? God bless you for tuning in. I welcome you to a common sense approach to the Bible. Today's topic, the three little pigs. What I teach and will teach to you every week is not based upon theory. It is a well-walked-through-that practical teaching. Trying to bring heaven down to earth for you, one rung at a time, so you can get a better grasp on what God has left us as our inheritance. And so prayerfully, you can in turn incorporate this into your life, so that you can walk it out and get the victory, realize that God really is real, and that he longs to help you get to what he has called you to do in this earth. My goal, ultimately, is to glorify Jesus Christ, which in turn will glorify my Father in Heaven. And prayerfully, through the power of the Holy Spirit, He will help guide me so I can in turn teach you what He has taught me in a very simple and a clear way. So let's open up tonight and let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for those who have tuned in to learn more about you. As we take your word each week and help build a foundation, brick upon brick upon brick, so that your children can rise up and mature into who you have called each one of them to be, which is unique. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for delivering me and setting me free. Thank you for teaching me your word. Holy Father, thank you for your grace and your mercy upon my soul. Father, I thank you for everyone that you have called to um, learn under this ministry. And Father, let them in turn turn around and teach others what they have learned. In Jesus' holy name we ask and pray. I plead the blood of Christ over each one of them tonight from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Satan, I bind you up off their spirits and I command that you get off them in Jesus' name so that their hearts can be opened to learn about the Father tonight. In Jesus' name I ask and pray and I declare and decree it. Amen. Many men and women are saying many, many things in the name of God and Jesus in the times in which we live in. But it's my job. To prepare those whom the Holy Spirit will draw. For what is going to come. And one of Satan's greatest tactics is. Ah, I'm just too busy for that right now. I just can't. I don't have time to get into God's word. I don't have time to hardly take care of myself. Much less take the time to get into God's word. So what happens is that one relies upon others for what God is saying 
without knowing exactly what God does make crystal clear. I will never veer outside of God's holy written word. I'm not going to read something into it that isn't there. I'm not going to add something to it that isn't there. I will not sugarcoat God for anybody. I have told the Father through my prayer life that as long as I can pay my bills and as long as I can eat, I'm good. The gospel is free. And God tells us in Matthew 10, 8, Jesus tells us, freely you have received, freely give. Our freedom, collectively and individually, is found through Christ. It's not found through man or any government entity. I do hold a two-year biblical studies degree, and I hold, I am getting ready to cross over with my four-year BS in religion. I have one final math class that silly me held to the very last, and I've been nursing this along for the past couple of years, and now I am studying for my CLEP exam for college algebra. I am not a math student, so y'all pray for me, please. I am an ordained reverend to the work of gospel ministry through a local Baptist church by a peer group of 11 comprised of four pastors and two of which held and hold their doctorates in 2014. One really must understand how fantastical all of the education is in my life. Prior to 2011, the only thing I held was a manicurist license, which was a blessing to me for years. But God got me, and I can tell you that with God, your life is never going to be same old, same old. It has not been that way for me, and if you're willing to put the effort in, it will not be that way for you, no matter what you are called to in this earth. You might be called to be the best mother that there is on the planet. But you can do it a lot better, a lot more efficiently, and a lot more happily through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we want to talk tonight about, um, first of all, I want to quell any fear that you have, you know, in the times in which we're living I don't believe Christ's return is at the door, but I do believe he's calling us up for such a time to get our houses in order, get ourselves fit for what is surely going to come, because something is going to come. And we're going to have to be equipped to do that, and that is a part of my job. But Jesus tells us in Matthew 24, uh, verses 4 through 8, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, 
but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of birth pains. You know, when a woman is in labor and getting ready to birth a child, depending on how she chooses to have it, the birth process can be very, 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 very painful. But the end result, most of the time, is joy. But once it's over, it's over. You have to travail and go through these birth pains. And our travailing a lot of times can just be surrendering and sacrificing our time to God. Giving it to Him in place of things that we would like to normally do. So I want to talk about what we're going to do week after week. We're going to help to build your temple. But it's going to take time. And you have to be patient. You have to put the effort in. You have to listen to the podcasts. You have to learn the things that God has taught me. And then incorporate them into your life. Week after week. And day after day. And be patient. You're not going to get all this at one time. God doesn't do that. It's like... You are the Cracker Jack box. Remember those? There is a prize inside. But in order to get to the prize, you can't just dump it all out in a bowl and pick what you want and leave and go, okay, all done. My life's done. I've done the Jesus thing. Got what I needed. Bye. God wants your life and he wants your heart and he wants you to be sold out to him. In any other gospel, in any other way, you're not going to get it. Now, there are a select few in the kingdom who have shown everybody that the gospel is power and wealth and millions of dollars and mansions and cars and Lamborghinis and all the $500 haircuts you can get and the clothes and the jewelry. And, of course, being fleshly, we want that. And so it's turned the gospel into something tainted, that it never should have been in the first place. I mean, come on, y'all. If there was anybody... My name was Miss Fleshly. Uh, they call me Miss Fleshly, girl. I love my jewelry and my clothes and my... And all the things I got, girl. Oh, uh, don't I look good? I mean, come on. Don't want... Don't God want me to look? good and present him well to everybody i mean come on claim that money claim that house that's where a lot of the kingdom is right now and i can tell you that is another gospel and i wouldn't even tie the word gospel to what is going on for the most part in the kingdom but i assure you there are people out there that god is raising up now To get the truth out there. To say y'all wake up. Okay. Pray that the blinders be dropped from your eyes to see. Because what is going on with this select few. In the kingdom. It's almost like it's a tiered effect. Where they're the only ones who are getting wealthy. Rich and having what they want to eat. Drink and be merry. And everybody else is sitting there wondering. "Well, When's mine coming? I'm giving you my money. I'm giving you my miracle money. I'm giving you my seed. Where's my harvest? 
Matthew 16, 24 through 25 teaches all of us. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. Jesus tells us, and I reiterate this again in Matthew 10, verses 7 through 9. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not take along any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey or extra tunic or sandals or staff, for the worker is worth his keep. When Jesus said and enlightened to me the scripture found in Matthew 16 about if you want to find your life, you, you have to lose it. I became very scared. I'm like, oh my God, like, what do you want me to die or something? What's up? I don't like this scripture. Like, aren't you just a God of love who wants to give me everything to, if I ask you? Like in Matthew 7, 7, to ask and you shall receive. Aren't you that kind of God? Take up my cross. What's that about? Fear kept me from Christ, and yet I knew that I had had all of the material things that you could want in this earth, and I still wasn't happy. So I thought, well, he's going to be my only hope left. So I, something prompted me, and I see now where it was the Holy Spirit, but I went and I just sat in my room at night after my daughter was tucked in bed. And I sat Indian style in, in the middle of my room at night and just started talking to a God that I certainly, I believed he was there somewhere. I didn't know where he was. I didn't know if he would hear me. Could he hear me? But I thought, I don't know. But if he's there, he's really going to have to help me. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired and putting on a fake front for everybody. When inside, I was just like literally dying. No one around me and no one around you might be doing what you're get, purposing in your heart to do to go after God with everything in you. But do it anyway. You serve an audience of one. God will watch you. He'll watch over you to take care of you. But you have to be consistent. In my generation, it was like, if you can do anything for 30 days, um, just do it consistently, and then it will become a habit. And then when you don't do it, you're going to miss it because you're, you're already trained to do this every day. So be consistent. Go to God and I made a commitment to God. You don't have to. I did because I was Miss Fleshly. 
I've never done anything consistent in my whole life, like ever. So I went to God and I made a commitment and I wrote it down and I dated it and I said, I'm going to give you, I promise to give you the next 30 days of my life. I'll pray every, every day, first thing in the morning. I had read somewhere or heard somebody say, you know, David was a man after God's own heart. And David says that, you know, I'll seek you first thing in the morning. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do that. That's what I'm going to do. I always copied what everybody else was doing. And so I purposed to go after God for one month. And I said, I'm going to do this for one month. And we're just going to see if you're real or not. Because I don't know. How else am I going to find out? And I can tell you that it was tough for me. I started praying like five minutes a day. And then I increased it to whole big 15 minutes, which to me was a lot for me to sacrifice my time to God. But I did it, and I set aside that time just for Him. I thought, well, this is it, Molly. So I put Him first. Aside from everybody else, I would get up earlier before I woke my daughter up from school, and I started praying. And I started talking to God. And then I was doing fingernails at the time for a living. So I started kind of asking my customers, so do you believe in God? You know, do you believe in like Jesus? And they started just flowing with this information. And through them, I started listening to the 700 Club, which was eye-opening for me that there were people who were well-dressed. They seemed educated. They were speaking about God. And I thought, Okay, well, let me just, let me just keep going with this, and let me just see. I mean, I've give, asked, told God I'd give him thirty days, so we'll see. And then I started. Um, one of my customers told me about Kenneth Copeland, and in nineteen ninety six and seven, you know, he was um, he seemed sensible, he seemed reasonable. I didn't know what was in the Word of God, so how would I have known? I thought, well, he's a man. He seems well-versed in the Bible. Let me just start listening to him. Now, today, I would ask people to please not listen to him anymore. And I would say that to his face. But at that time, through him, I learned about what it meant to have faith in something that you couldn't see. Faith is a substance, and it's real. It's a substance of things hoped for. And it is your evidence of things not seen. Like you can feel when you have faith, and you can feel when you don't have faith. But you are going to have to be the one to take the step and make a commitment to God and be consistent. And don't do it just when you need something. You know, that would have been me. Clearly, in my life. When I needed something, then I'd cry out to God, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. But that's not what God wants us to have a steady life, day by day, take a deep breath, live in the present, don't be anxious about what's coming, stop living in the past because it's bogging you down. I mean, I know, I, I carried the baggage of my past with me for years but as I would get up night after night and talk to God, I would just sit and wait and see what came on my heart. I can tell you I went through every person I felt I ever wronged and asked for forgiveness. 
I went through every circumstance where I was convicted. Molly, you didn't do this properly. Molly, you didn't behave properly. And I would just sit night after night after night. And as I would do that and just talk to God, that's where you need to start with these foundational teachings so we can build your house on a solid foundation for you. Just start talking to God. He's not a mind-meld God. You know, it's not like a Spock thing. I mean, think about it for a minute. When you begin a relationship with someone, whether it's a friend or whether it is a love interest um, or whether it's your children, you have to talk to them, reason things out together. Well, God's created us. He created us that way. So to me, it made sense. Just talk to him. Tell him what's on your mind and heart. Let him help you. And as I would sit and talk to him, I would wake up the next morning, and it might go on for two or three hours. I'd wake up, and I'd feel, it might be 5.30 in the morning, but I'd feel better. I'd feel lighter, like someone else was helping me carry my load. So, the story of the three little pigs. The choice is going to be laid before you. You know, the pigs, all three of them got together, and the first one built his house on, it was either sticks and then straws, and then bricks. But each time, for the first two, the sticks and the, st and the straw, the wolf was ready to come along, and he was ready to just destroy it and tear it down, and he did. And they all ran to the little pig who built his house on the bricks, and he couldn't blow it down. So these sticks, and the, these straws, and these sticks, that a lot of these preachers are preaching who have worldwide thousands of member ministries, I'd, it occurred to me, you know what, I'd like to go and I'd like to poll these people in the audience and say, how has your life changed because you're under his teaching? I believe God gives us everyone to sit under, to learn from. Mine is to teach the basics in the kingdom. To start you on your path. That's my, that's my calling. But I believe as you continue to sit year after year after year and your life becomes not better, defeated, I'm giving them all my money. Their life seems to keep getting better. They're getting Botox. They're having their hair redone. They're having face work. They're having all this stuff. And my life is in the same mess that it was when I got under them. Something's wrong. That's where you're building your house upon straw and you're building it upon sticks. I'm going to give you the bricks every time. So I'm going to turn around and I am going to give you your own 30-day challenge. You're not going to like it. Satan's going to come at you to try and stop you from doing it. But if you want everything, I, I looked up to God and I raised my hands and I said, I want everything that you've got from my life while I'm here in this earth so Satan can no longer steal and kill me and try and destroy me as stated in John 10.10. 10. Just let me have it. And if it's to teach children and make sure their hearts are happy for the rest of their lives, praise God, I'll be happy doing it. But can 
Father, would you just get me on that path and kind of confirm to me this is your will? I just want that. I don't need a million dollars anymore. I don't need all this other stuff anymore. I need to know when I lay my head on my pillow at night that I've done what I was supposed to do on this earth for you. So it's your job now. I'm going to turn this around to you. Tonight's lesson has been foundationally about turn to him. Start talking to him. Open up your heart to him. For God tells us, I test the mind. I test the heart. It's about learning that there are men out there and women teaching erroneous teachings. And I can tell you, you can, once you start learning what's in the word of God, you're going to be shocked at what they're teaching that are full of straw and sticks. When I did a, a, a weekly news blog article for a local paper, I actually came out, it's in 2007 or eight. I came out against Kenneth Copeland and the preachers out there teaching that if you give me this, you're going to get that. That's not God, y'all. Now, it doesn't mean that if you tithe, we're not here to talk about money tonight, I'm going to do a teaching on tithing. But God wants our heart and he's trying to get you to lose your money so he can gain your heart that's what he wants he doesn't need your money you know ministries do need money to keep going and keep getting the gospel out there because in the days in which we live it costs money to do the internet to have what to host websites to get information out there on podcasts to do videotaping those things do cost money but god is never going to call someone up to, um, I'm going to give you a $5 million, $7 million home for preaching the gospel. So make a 30-day commitment. If your life is not what you think it should be, this message is for you. Then there could be a disconnect in who you think God is. He's the only one who's got your answer. He created you before he knew you in your mother's womb, before you were even born. So don't tell me that there is nothingness from the inception in a mother's womb. But be willing to sacrifice your time and give to him your time. That's what he wants in the beginning, okay? Time is going to be the biggest sacrifice you're going to make for him. So my 10 cents worth today, you know, um, let God take the upper seat in your heart. Had I known 25 years ago what I've been taught through God's word, oh my gosh, I, I really feel like I could have done so much more for the kingdom of God. But nevertheless, this is where I am, this is my life, and I purpose to make the rest of it all God wants it to be. And in closing, um, I want to leave you, every week I'm going to give you a new word. You know, in Christendom, there is a language, it seems like it's all its own. And you got to know the lingo, you know, to be a part of it. So, 
One of my previous biblical students compiled a list for the ministry years ago of just vocabulary that everybody needs to know what the definition is of this Christendom vocabulary. But it's all biblically based, and these words are in the Word of God. So, there's I've got scripture to reference each word. And the first one we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to start with A, B, C, D. We're going to start with A, agape love. That is what God has got for all of us. That's why he went to the cross. That's why he's asking you to pick up your cross, because I've got the biggest love on earth waiting for you. It's found in 2 Timothy 1, 7, 1 John 2, 5, 2 John 4, 7, and John 21, 15. Agape love is unconditional love. The basis of agape love is moral rather than emotional. The kind of love God has for us is agape. He loves us unconditionally with no strings attached. No matter what we've done, God loves us because he is love. God's nature is love. The greatest example of agape love is when Christ went to the cross for everyone on this earth. That is agape. And until you learn that tangibly from the Father in your own walk, in your own life, it's like nothing that you've ever felt before, but you know that it's real by faith. So, we need to look past the physical and start looking into our hearts. Because we're spirit beings who have been granted a physical body to be down here on this earth while we're here. So, in closing... And I've gone on a little bit too long. I really didn't mean to go on for 30 minutes. But evidently there were th some things I needed to get to you. Build your house upon the rock. Stop listening to teachers who are, are feeding straw and sticks. And come to Jesus without the junk. And I'll give you foundational bricks to build your home on. So you can be solid. Because the storms are going to come. And you're going to have to know. How to fight those storms that are coming. Because they are going to come. You know the proof is always in the pudding. Look at somebody's life. And you can see who's really in the kingdom. And who isn't. What is their life? Is their life bearing fruit for the kingdom? Who are they helping? What is going on? Talk to some of the people who are under their these people's teachings. Has your life changed any? So the proof is always in the pudding. And I tell you, I've got big bowls of pudding to share with all of you to deposit into your hearts so you can get all that God has for you while you're here. No matter what that is. The biggest thing is he wants you to learn about him. That's what his desire is. So this is Reverend Molly bringing heaven down to earth one rung at a time for you. And I look forward to our next teaching next Thursday, February the 11th. The big old heart just in time for Valentine's Day. God bless you all so much. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.